This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We previously talked about cutting expenses on Money Talks. Today, we'll discuss ways to use the Internet and apps to help you save money, money that they can then use to invest or pay off debt. We'd like to hear your money-saving tips, and we're ready to take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address, it's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. What financial news do you have in mind this morning? Good morning, Kevin. Well, you and I, we've been talking about your bank interest rate every week, and you say that it did not go up this week. No, so I don't know what that was. uh, (sighs) Well, you're going to have to give your bank a call because tomorrow the Federal Reserve is meeting, and there is the the market does have ways of kind of predicting where they're going to put short-term interest rates. There is a 75% chance of a rate hike uh, of 0.75%, so 75 basis points is how we can talk about that. Um, so currently they're in the range of one and a half to one and three quarters. So we're talking about moving up to two and a quarter, two and a half percent this time. And folks are even saying there's there's a chance of it going as high as four percent by the end of the year. So give your bank a call if your cash is not is not going up this week. And what they're trying to do, of course, they're raising interest rates. They're trying to make money borrowing a little more expensive to kind of quell inflation. We talked about this a lot. I, I don't know that the issues we're having that are leading to the inflation that we are having are really going to be quelled by interest rate hikes. Um, and the market seem is agreeing with that view. I think uh, we talk about the yield curve sometimes, short-term interest rates. Again, the Federal Reserve, they make a rate hike. Short-term interest rates kind of, they, they follow or the Fed follows that. They, they correlate pretty highly. However, on the longer end, is determined by all sorts of things, all sorts of reasons people buy longer-term bonds, mainly some growth expectations. They have an inflation expectation. You want to earn more than inflation, generally. And so those short-term rates are a little bit higher than those longer-term rates, and, and that's not necessarily a good sign. The, the market may be thinking, oh, our longer-term growth expectations are lower than what the Fed is really uh, working for, so that could be a problem. Uh, in the meantime, it does mean that your cash interest rates are fairly high right now. You can get a one- or two-year treasury at, two, I think, 3%. I was looking at I just had those, those rates pulled up. If you are not earn, if you are looking for higher interest rates on CDs, and your current bank is not offering you, you can absolutely find them. We are managing cash for folks that is earning three uh, percent on very sh- uh, short-term CDs, on uh, on treasuries, on short-term high-quality bonds. Uh, just a, a whole mix of that can get you some fairly good rates. So uh, that's that's 
that's worthwhile for people, I think. So uh, 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 kind of a follow-up on, on interest rates. We talked on the show uh, frequently about the HELOC, the Home Equity Line of Credit. Um, should mm. Does rising interest rates have any effect on someone's decision-making when it comes to using a HELOC? Yes, oftentimes those are variable rates, and especially because the bank sets those rates, the, the, because the bank sets those rates and the bank sets the terms, very often they are variable rate, they're held in-house, or they may change the fee structure. They may say, okay, well, it's going to be a flat, give us 500 bucks, and you have access to this money for the next five or 10 years. So they may raise that fee, they may shorten that term. They're going to do all of those in response to where interest rates are. So often, since, again, it's set by the bank, not by the market, then it's not kind of an instantaneous thing. The bank is making decisions look after looking at the market. So you may have a little bit of flexibility there. But yes, rising interest rates increases the cost of money, and that will flow through to other sources of money in some way. But those rates were so attractive, I would imagine that with the slight increases, it still might be the better way to go for kind of like major home improvements and those sorts of things. Absolutely. It still could be the better way. And and again, one of the things we talked about on the mortgage and even, even again a couple of weeks ago is what is the best use for something like a HELOC? And, and yes, home improvements, that is a good use for it. In fact, if you are deduct, uh, if you itemize your taxes, you can deduct some of that interest if it is used on uh, home improvements is similar to your, your mortgage interest rate deduction. It, it, is, it is often shorter term, so even if it has a higher interest rate, you're not paying it as long, so it's not going to be as expensive. You know, 5% for four years is a lot cheaper than 5% for 15 or 30 years that you might if you cash out refi to get that same money. Here's a reminder, the 2022 Mississippi State Tax Holiday takes place between 12.01 a.m. Friday, July 29th, that's this weekend, and 12 midnight Saturday, July 30th. We'll have a link to the Department of Revenue's guidelines on the information uh, for this show. So if you're listening to the podcast, click on the link there. You'll be able to find information about the sales tax holiday that takes place Friday and Saturday. So, Rod, let's uh, start off with some um, tips for cutting expenses when you buy groceries. We've got some suggestions here on our scripts. Any of them that kind of uh, call out to you? Yeah, so one of the things listed is ordering online. And I know a lot of this we're going to be talking about ways that you can use these tools, use the Internet, shopping online, et cetera, to help uh, save money, cut costs. So it says here you may have to pay some delivery costs. Uh, you may have to pay a pickup cost. I know we've you we've experimented with all sorts of things. We've had groceries or, well, household goods from grocery stores delivered. We have done the pickup at grocery stores. One of the great things here is if you are not a super disciplined shopper, you don't go in there with a list and get exactly only that list and then and cover your eyes and get out of there, then the internet is good because you're not going to see all these other things you can, you know, you're not going to buy a candy bar at the, at the end end cap. Um, so, and also, they're also very good at applying. It's easier to apply coupons. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to the grocery store with a pocket full of coupons and just 
walked out with that same pocket full of coupons. So so that's very useful. And, and if it's not an urgent shopping list, maybe you're just building up a shopping list for the end of the week, you can put items in your cart and then you wait to the end of the week. And then you look at that car and you think, oh, well, actually, I can do without that. Oh, actually, I checked my supply of, you know, kitchen soap and sponges, and I realized I don't need that. Or I found something or I changed my mind. So you can, giving a little time to think about those purchases can make a big difference. Just eliminating items from your card is going to be often more impactful than getting a safe 10 cents coupon. Um, you can choose the cards you pay with. We talk about credit cards a lot. They are a great tool. Uh, we talked about specifically about rewards the other day. And there are cards that maybe they offer a higher percentage cash back on groceries. I have one that is groceries and gas. Those are the two highest uh, categories for it. And I just use that card for groceries and gas. And it builds up a decent amount of cash back there. So that's... It's an easy way to save a couple percent there. Don't go crazy. Focus on what are my biggest budget categories and get one or two cards that address those concerns. Uh, that's my approach. Uh, you, then you don't have to worry about juggling cards all the time. You don't have to worry about what card is what. You don't have to worry about keeping up with payments. You don't have five different payments coming out of your bank account and never knowing when they're going to hit and having to keep that balance. So that's that's pretty. Th- those are good tools and and they can be used carefully. But I think those can be used pretty well. Um, you know, I agree with your tip about the the, the impulse buying because you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the the grocery stores work so hard to put those things in an, in an attractive spot, and now you know we've kind of foiled them by by letting someone do the <laughs> shopping for us. Yeah, and and they've uh, they do that online as well. They say people have also people who have bought this orange have also bought <clears throat> this lime or whatever. You know, they're making a fun fruit cocktail. Sounds great. Um, they still show that, but it's, it's just so much easier to ignore it online. It's so much easier to just search for your next item when you're online. And also a, a quick uh, gripe here. The, the uh, Kroger where I shop has finally gotten the self serve checkouts mm-hmm. uh, and then you scan the coupon but then you have to call the attendant yeah. over who just looks at them and uh, types in some you code. gotta socialize kevin oh, this is no good <laughs> well and and i will point out just while we're on it one of the downsides of grocery shopping online is sometimes when you're in store you'll see a special deal you'll see something that is You'll be looking for an item which you will accept plenty of substitutes, and you'll see something in store that is maybe a better product, maybe a new brand, maybe something that has some special offer that you just didn't see online. It's not just not designed, the online interface is not designed to show you this very well. So maybe less with grocery shopping and more with kind of larger ticket items you might think about. It's you got to make sure you are looking at all those other possibilities that might be a good value. This is Money Talks. If you have a question for our expert today, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion of suggestions to cut your expenses from aarp.org after the break. Do you stack your discounts? We'll learn how to do that next. And Dan is on the line from Meridian. We've got a phone call coming up after this break as well. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand to all the local MPB Think Radio programs. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Before the break, we mentioned stacking discounts. That's a helpful strategy to get the most savings. Stacking is when you layer coupons, sales, rebates, and promotions to build the biggest overall discount possible on a single product. We're talking about ways to use your cell phone or the internet to save money today. But first, as promised, we have a caller on the line. So we say good morning to Dan from Meridian. Dan, you're on the air with us. It's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Ryder, you mentioned earlier during the show about uh, rising CD rates and treasury uh, notes and bonds. Um, I was just uh, wondering, is uh, is what is the difference between a, a CD, that CD that you get from a bank and a treasury note? And can you purchase them on both? So if I wanted to get, I guess, either or, where would I go to, to get one? Um, and uh, I'll listen. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. No, that's a great question. So the basic distinction, a CD, a certificate of deposit, they those are issued by banks and they are treated generally like a bank account, like a bank deposit. If you buy it directly from the bank, most commonly it is just like another bank account. They are FDIC insured. They have the same sort of FDIC insurance that other accounts have, which I believe is still a quarter million uh, per person per account type. Uh, and that's that's at each bank, and so you will have a very competitive, uh, very competitive market there because every bank is going to issue their own. They issue them for all different reasons, but generally speaking, they want to lock up some medium-term funding from you. Of course, a, a savings account, you can take the money out at any time, so they want some assurance that they're going to be able to keep and use your money for a little longer is why they do a CD with a little higher interest rate. There are also brokered CDs, and that's mostly what I was referring to because the, the ones at banks are maybe a little slower to rise. The brokered CDs are market-based products. You can buy those through a brokerage account. The value does fluctuate, but... It is like a bond issued by the bank, except it is, again, FDIC insured. So it has essentially no credit risk because it's the FDIC insurance. It does fluctuate with interest rates, but again, if you're planning on holding it into maturity, and CDs are typically anywhere from a week or a month to five years is very often the kind of top end, although you do see ones beyond that. So those can be bought through a brokerage account. So just any sort of brokerage account, again, TD Ameritrade. Schwab. Those are very large retail-friendly brokerages. Uh, but of course, uh, Fidelity has those. Uh, Interactive has a, any other broker would have those. I'm not sure if some of the smaller, newer ones like Webull or Robinhood may have those. 
And then the difference between those and a treasury, treasuries are traded in the markets. You, uh, well, you and I don't really have uh, the ability to buy them on the primary market. Those are reserved for huge banks. But the U.S. government issues them. And they are the benchmark interest rate. Generally, nothing is going to be, very little is going to be a lower interest rate than them. They're very comparable, I find, to brokered CDs in that it's kind of a market interest rate. It's, it's just very high credit quality. They can fluctuate. You can buy those, again, through any brokerage account. Any broker that will sell you bonds, they will sell you treasuries. It is the largest part of the bond market. Again, those will fluctuate over the life of them, but you, they will mature. You will know how much you're going to get paid back at maturity. You will know how, how much that coupon will be every you know, month or every six months or at maturity, what, whatever type of uh, treasury that is. A better way to access treasuries for most people, again, even if you have a brokerage account, might be through some funds. So some money market funds may focus on treasuries. That's very common, especially coming out of the great financial crisis in 2008. They started focusing on that for regulatory purposes. There are also just very short-term treasury bond funds, and I'm blanking on the tickers for some, but I believe SHY is a very short-term treasury fund. Those, the funds can fluctuate some, so be a little careful there. Uh, there is a floating rate treasury fund, which may not be as as high because it's a very short, very short term. May not be as high interest rate there, but that's USFR, a floating rate treasury fund. So those are some ways to access them that may just be a little easier than buying the individual treasury bonds themselves. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking today about cutting expenses. You know, every little bit of savings can add up to money in your pocket. A couple of more ways to save in the grocery area before we wrap up that topic. And one of them is the cash back apps. And actually, I do have fetch rewards. And so what this is, is you go to the grocery store and just scan your receipt uh, when you're finished and you get a certain number of points, which can then be used to uh, for discounts on things at Amazon, Target and Walmart. I like this one ball, though I will say it's 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 kind of uh, um, the long haul because at first I thought it was like a dollar for dollar thing, like if you spent fifty dollars you would get fifty points, but that's not quite the way it works, and I think it has a lot to do. They have this company has I think agreements with different brands because if you buy the name brand potato chips versus the Kroger potato chips, you get more points back of that sort of thing. So I've been doing it for a while. I don't know that I've even gotten to like a $10 gift card anywhere, but I figure, hey, it's easy enough to do, so just keep doing it, and eventually I'll get something that's worthwhile. Are, are you making more money by watching your bank interest rate rise right now? Is that what, <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Um, it's a, and, and, and that's great. There are a lot of those. This mentions FetchRewardsCoupons.com. I bought a – there are a lot of these. I am always very cautious about using apps and these third-party tools. You always have to – especially they're free, right? What? But <laughs> you always ask, always ask, who's paying them? How are they making money? Like, how do they – they don't exist because they're nice people. They exist because they're getting incredibly detailed information 
information about your spending and they are selling that to somebody. Um, so I always caution people so much on those. They exist to make money. They may be directing you to certain places. They may actually end up encouraging you to spend more, right? Because if, if they're encouraging you to buy the name brand potato chips or they are giving you coupons for the name brand this or that, they're not necessarily saving you money overall. They are, they're not, keep in mind, they are a tool. They are not your friend. And always, always, always be so careful about the actual information you share with them. Anytime you sign up for anything shopping related, you are being put on an email marketing list and you are going to get relentlessly advertised to. And if there is one thing that the retail industry knows about selling things to you, they know they can sell more things to you if they advertise more to you. And so you are opening yourself up to more advertisement and you need to be careful and disciplined about using those tools. But I think with this Fetch Rewards, I, I don't remember getting emails, so uh, I don't know. Maybe not from Fetch Rewards. Well, true. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember receiving them. Well, I'm pretty good at quickly, yeah. you know, uh, uh, deleting uh, those types of emails. Anyway, the other one. That, Always the, be cautious. The other one, you can never be too cautious. That really is the good, the bottom line. And as you said, I think because we're so used to that, that a lot of us don't think about it. But mm -hmm. as you said, anytime you're giving out your information to any sort of app or a thing online, yeah. just take that one minute to think about where your information might be going. Yeah. And, and to that, and, and the this also mentions work with uh, institutions that you're already working with. So it, you probably, if you shop at Amazon, Target, or Walmart, you probably have an Amazon account, a Target account, a Walmart. So they're already offering you discounts. They're already offering you savings tools. And again, they're the same thing. I mean, Amazon does not actually want you to save money. They want you to spend more money in the parts that are going to make them more money. But they're, they already have your information. And so instead of spreading your information really wide, just focus on where your information already is. Also, your credit card company has a lot of information about you and they are regulated differently. They, they hold your privacy to a different level than fetch rewards might. And so they already have information about you. They may offer tools like this. I know PayPal recently bought Honey. Honey was one of these tools. Uh, they, they would look at your cart. They would scan the internet. They would find uh, promo codes. It is now owned by PayPal. It doesn't necessarily make it better, but if you are already using PayPal for shopping online, you may as well use something like that because, again, it's that same, it's that, those same data agreements once it's under that same car. Well, there may be different data agreements. They may still use the honey data differently, but it, it's sticking with a single institution that already has that information. And then one final thing, when we talk about uh, saving money at the grocery store, this one, the, the suggestion is to use self-checkout, and it says a study revealed that people who use self-checkout spent less on impulse purchases, likely because shoppers are paying attention to what they're buying as well as the prices when they're scanning the goods themselves. When I first read this, I thought, <laughs> well, no, no, that's not the case, but I think now it is because you're standing in front of the thing and you can't help but see the prices on the mm -hmm. screen. So it's almost subconsciously that you're maybe uh, mm -hmm. paying a little bit more closer attention to it. But I think you're right. And, and like I mentioned last week, being conscientious about your spending, you know, looking at what is the price of each of these items helps. Even if it doesn't save you a dollar that day, you might think, oh, 
well, this product, or maybe maybe I am spending too much on this, and I really could be spending more on this, or I could change the way I'm spending. So you are a little more focused because you actually have an activity to do besides just like sit there and stare at the magazines and the gum. They still do. <laughs> they still do have that by the self checkout, but you you're entertaining yourself, and and necessarily a lot of stores use those to kind of get more checkout space, and so they they just have less room to try to sell other products to you so it is it is kind of nice it, and also folks who are just trying to get in and out might might use that too let's move on to our next category before our next break we'll talk about entertainment expenses and rider much like uh, the cashback type of things we talked about in the grocery area uh, you can get some entertainment discounts from your credit cards as well Yes, absolutely. And this is fairly common, especially as we've seen so many different streaming services or as concerts and movies come back on. That's a, just such a common thing to offer a promotion on. I uh, actually was speaking with a friend who had a credit card that offered them uh, just like a free movie ticket from time to time. So she... Went to movies fairly frequently, but only when she got this free ticket. Of course, they offer these in the hopes that you buy a lot of popcorn and, and, and drinks and stuff. But look, it's not that hard to just walk into a movie theater and go straight to the theater uh, on your own. So that's fairly common to get promotions on just because those are those are. Uh, they're they're flashy you know it's enticing to be ooh free movie ticket that's very enticing uh they're high margin so they're easy things for folks to give for for a movie theater or something to give away the streaming services it's very easy to give away a free month or a discounted membership because they they want you to have that ongoing subscription so those are fairly common I think one of the biggest ways to save money on entertainment is is by focusing on what you really need. Don't look at the entertainment listings in order to decide what to do. You decide what you truly if, if you're just going to a movie or a concert or something every weekend just because you're looking for something to do, maybe take a step back and think about think about what you truly want before making the advertising decide for you. When it uh, premium subscriptions, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the suggestion is to rotate them like you would have, say, HBO Max for until <laughs> it runs out. And the only one I, I the only thing I don't like about that is, and maybe maybe I'm getting old, but I I when I got Hulu, it, it wasn't a lengthy process, but there was the process mm-hmm. of setting up and mm-hmm. matching you know accounts and emails and passwords and that sort of thing. So I'm not sure it's really worth it. However, I will say I was proud of myself for this. I switched to Hulu because it was much cheaper than what I was paying for cable. Mm-hmm. And originally I thought, okay, well, I'll get Hulu and I'll get Paramount Plus and I'll get this and this and this. And then I said to myself, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What you're about to do is fill up with streaming services to where the amount you're paying mm-hmm. each month was equal to... Exactly what cable was exactly so yes. when you cut cut the cord and cut back don't overload by yes. eight million free ser- uh, streaming services yes and, and i think one thing it's with one thing that's nice about the streaming services it's it's easier to tell which ones you use it's easier to sit back at the end of the month and reflect okay well i watched a lot of movies on netflix this month but i really didn't use my hulu or my amazon prime or whatever else there was it's really easy to reflect on how you've used it whereas if you just have cable uh, I don't know. I flipped channels a lot. I caught a different show on HGTV. So 
So that is useful. I would say this is, again, an opportunity to say, which ones do you really need? So often you hear about someone, oh, I got HBO Plus or Max or whatever it's called because I wanted to see this one show. Well, if you truly just wanted to see that one show, did you cancel HBO after that or are you still paying for it? Or did you really need to see that one show or is it the sort of thing where you and this is kind of how I am I see an advertisement for a TV show I see a movie trailer I love watching movie trailers I love watching TV trailers because when you think about it they've spent millions and millions of dollars making these shows and then they spent millions more dollars making this just 45 seconds the 45 best seconds you could possibly watch they are so attractive so I will watch a lot of trailers and get really excited but then after a day i'll forget about them and move on so so don't impulse by these uh streaming services really in in your case you realize after a while that hulu was really going to be a good replacement for you that's a great great time to switch that lower price service and and you're right that's um don't pick a service based on what like i I love law and order and i think for the premium peacock uh service you can get back uh uh, uh, seasons of it and so first i was all gung-ho about it then the more i thought about it i'm like okay you like law and order but is it like life and death that you have to watch it and I thought no and so th- that's another thing is I don't and I think a lot of the streaming services do this one or two of prime shows that everybody wants mm-hmm. to watch well if you can resist that uh, mm-hmm. you'll end up saving yourself some money uh, in the long run we'll continue our discussion of ways to cut expenses suggested by aarp.com in just a bit do you use a promo code when buying online we'll talk about those next you're listening to money talks on MPB think radio South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Monday Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. When you buy online, look for a space to enter promo codes. The codes can be found by using a search engine to give you extra savings. We're talking about ways to uh, cut your expenses to save some money. As promised, though, we do have a caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Rita, who's called in from Jasper. Good morning, Rita. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, I have a number of um, silver dollars, probably around 250 that were Mm -hmm. given uh, my husband as family as a birthday presents each year, mm-hmm. and uh, we were just wondering we'd like to have them valued. We have a book, but we don't 
uh, they're not in pristine condition, mm. but there's. Uh, we're just wondering if they have any value and if you know of a reputable dealer who might could help us with this. Yeah, so that's an interesting question. We see folks who have precious metals of all sorts and silver dollars. That's a fun one. I think a lot of folks collected coins at some point in their lives uh, or received them, uh, like you said, for, for birthday gifts. Um so online, and I'm not so sure if they would have, they would be a great place just for the silver dollars and not the more bullion-like cubes, but uh, I said bullion cubes, like the like soup, the soup, soup, soup cubes, <laughs> bullion coins, like just solid silver coins that are meant for collecting and saving to have silver, uh, but there's a website, AppMex, A-P-M-E-X, appmex.com that one is is one I have used a lot for quotes to get values of those coins and they're also a very fair place to go to sell those coins if you want or buy them if if you need Uh, I would also look at jewelry stores they may be able to help appraise those they may be able to help uh, they may buy or sell those the one place I would absolutely avoid is any of those places that has a sign out that says we buy gold or we buy silver uh, that is not just a, a reputable jewelry store. Jewelers would at the very least, they would know they would help you understand the value of those coins and they would help you understand the best ways to, uh, if you wanted to sell them or protect them if you wanted to keep them. So that's uh, those are the two, two places, one online and, and just a, a, a jewelry store is what you'd be looking for. Okay. We also have a, a lot of half dollars, too, that uh, I guess we could find the value of them through the same Yes, that would be a similar company. situation. And, and it sounds kind of more like a traditional coin collection, less of a precious metals collection, which I, I'm not sure that AppMex is really going to be the best for that. I used to be very, again, I used to collect coins as well, but I was very young and I had all the catalogs mm-hmm. then and I'm a little less in touch there. Yeah. I would say a starting point, uh, someone who's going to know a lot more about that is a jeweler. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rita, for your call. <clears throat> also, I, I could probably go online, and I would say, if you're, especially if you're looking to sell them, uh, do some research ahead of time, and don't just get the first offer yes. that someone gives you. So shop around. That's correct. Uh, because this, uh, that something like that, a coin collection like that, uh, does sound like it could be quite, uh, quite valuable. That's correct. This is Money Talks. We're going to move on to some tips related to internet technology to help you cut expenses. Now, this first one, I'm, I'm a little iffy on. It says banish power vampires. So <laughs> chargers and those sorts of things apparently are charging along even when there's nothing plugged into them. So unplug them uh, to save some money on your power bill. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I know that was a big thing in, uh, you know, years past. And I, and I mean, within the past few years, a lot of companies are more aware of that. Newer products, they have smarter chargers that do not just suck power all of the time. That being said, it doesn't hurt to unplug things. Also, it mentions here, you know, unplugging your television and cable box and game consoles, all of that stuff. And so if you have a lot of things up there in your computer and your TV console and you unplug them, maybe you're going to spend less time watching the TV. And that's <laughs> I mean, that's where the real savings comes in. Right. If, if you are you if you're watching TV for four hours a day, the real savings is not going to be unplugging it for 16 hours uh, for 20 uh, the 20 other hours. 
the real savings is just going to be cutting off an hour of TV watching. Like that, <laughs> that's significant there. Uh, so anytime you can actually use less is that that's a big savings and, and that's where I, I have a little issue with it I, the, you know the pulling out your chargers that that's the thing that's fine but to me uh, unplugging your television computers and all those sorts of things when you're not using them is too much of a hassle because of, in, in my yeah. case you're going to plug them back in mm-hmm. and I've got a, like a power strip behind my TV so I think that's a good idea but for me personally I think that would be too much trouble for what it's worth. I would certainly not unplug my computer all the time that's just it's cumbersome if it's a desktop it you have to power it down every time if you don't use it but once a week by all means but if you're using it daily multiple times a day you're just going to be wasting your time uh, reaching down there you are reaching down under under the studio desk trying to turn something on earlier, we 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 can't have that. Right, Cr- crawling around on hands and knees gets harder the older you get. <laughs> Kevin is working hard to bring you this radio show today, guys. I want y'all to know that, Mister uh, Fix It One Hundred and One over here. <laughs> so, what about uh, rebates and tax credits? Is that an area that we might could save on? Yes, I think there are always some interesting opportunities there. So, there are some federal tax credits, tax incentives for making your home more efficient. There are some federal, state, local tax credits, incentives, sometimes for installing solar panels or buying an electric car or upgrading home appliances. If you have old home appliances, there are a number of places to look for Credits, rebates, etc. And one of them we mention it a lot is going through your utility companies. If you ha- if you're replacing like a water heater or a a stove or even a thermostat, because heating and cooling, cooking, heating water, those are very big users of electric power, and. Those the efficiency standards to those change. They get better, not every year, but they they do continually get better. So if you have an older unit, if it's close to time to replace, or when you replace it, just find one, find the credits available to you. Check with your utilities, check with your municipality, check with your state, uh, check for any any uh, any federal uh, rebates. The manufacturer of these products will often know about these things and maybe help point you to some resources there. And a lot of times, especially with the federal rebates, I know with the federal rebates for buying electric cars, those are, uh, I believe those were built into the purchase price. So you didn't really have to do anything. The the dealer kind of did all of that arranging for you because that, 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 that credit went through them. And also with uh, appliances, especially if you upgrade your appliance, not only might you get some uh, discounts when you buy it, but it's probably going to be more energy efficient. So in the long run, you might save some uh, some money that way. Absolutely. One of my favorite ones for spending, uh, saving some money on your utilities is levelized billing, which I have both for uh, the natural gas bill mm-hmm. and the uh, electric bill. And to me, that really helps out. You know, we talked also, we've been talking throughout the, the show on uh, – 
historically on the show about budgets and mm -hmm. the monthly spending plan. And if you have this levelized billing, it gives you a better idea of how much money you could sock away for some of your various mm -hmm. utilities. Yeah, it certainly helps to have expenses that are steady rather than expenses that are lumpy. I know I do not do levelized billing, and I know my elect I have gas and electric. Oh, man, my electric bill can get – there's a few sweet spots in the spring and the fall where you're not – you're in between changing from heat to cooling or vice versa, and you're using hardly any electricity. And then you get in the peak of summer, like this month, or in the peak of winter, and you're using a lot of gas or you're using a lot of electricity. You can have a bill that is multiples of, of what it was a couple months before. You're not saving overall dollars throughout the year. And you may even be paying for some months ahead of time because of that levelized billing, but it does make it easier to budget. With utility expenses, make keep in mind you are in control of the usage, not the price. Right, right. Like I can go to the grocery store and find a different brand of rice that's cheaper. I can buy different fruits. I can buy 0.1 pounds fewer bananas or, or whatever, but I can't change the price of a kilowatt of electricity. So you're in control of the usage with heating and cooling, such a big part of your usage, a programmable thermostat, uh, adjusting the temperature, even just one degree. I know this is always super controversial when we bring this up. People are like, no, I insist my house must be 42 degrees during the winter, uh, sorry, during the summer and 106 during the summer. <laughs> There are people with passionate passion about uh, their temperature being so out of whack with the outside world, and that is fine. Levelized billing again, and for folks who really need it, there may be some bill payment assistance through the utility. They will certainly, if there are municipalities and states that offer help with utility billing, you can often find that through the utility company themselves. And uh, I credit my mother for helping me save on my power bill when I was in college uh, and living at home. She kept the house a little on the cool side during the winter, and so we all learned to put on a light jacket or something uh, to stay warm, and that's something that I've managed to continue to do. So as mm -hmm. you said, you control the usage, and that's where you could save some money on those utility bills. Run all your errands that are in cool places and go watch movies, movie theaters, famously, Got dark free and cool. Ticket. Go watch your movies during the middle of the day when your house is the hottest. You know, maybe maybe that's a good maybe that's a good tip right there. So get out of the house while it's while it's boiling up. And also, if it's the matinee, you're going to get a discount on the price of the ticket. Absolutely, there we go. All right, still that's time a three to three one right there. <laughs> We'll continue talking about cutting expenses with tips from AARP.org after this quick break. Is there a way to save money on late fees? We've got a suggestion for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. We're glad you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio immediately following our show. Next time you get a late fee because you paid your mortgage or credit card bill a few days late, give them a call to see if they'll waive the fee if this was a rare occurrence. Ryder, do you have any experience with that? Because the, this last billing cycle, I had two credit cards I was paying off, or I had paid off, I thought, and I had apparently uh, had, uh, there was interest that it accrued to be like a dollar something between the time I had thought what the, the payment was and by the time they received the payment. One company waived the fee. The other one said, oh, no, we can't, we can't waive uh, finance charges. So mm. I had to send them like a dollar sixteen or whatever it was. Mm. Uh, Have you ever had experience with my head uh, I, I, I think that advice give them a call to see if they'll waive the fee. That's going to be your first port of call. If somebody is charging you just what is uh, just clearly just an extra fee, it's clearly just money they're getting, they're the ones with the power to change that. And again, if it is a rare occurrence, if this is the first time that it's happened, they often do have the discretion to to do that. And, and often if if it's not something you've ever done before, it's even a situation where the first person you call, you know, not necessarily escalating to a manager in a call center, has the authority to do that. Sometimes it's a matter of being persistent. I know there was a classically with some cell phone bills up. Uh, when texting became very popular, people would always say, look, the longer you manage to stay on the phone with AT&T or Verizon or whoever you're with, the longer you manage to stay on the phone with them, the lower your bill gets. And it was just a matter of being persistent. Sometimes if you think it's really unfair, again, maybe a very large fee for a small charge. Say, say they're trying to charge you just their standard $50 fee because you forgot to pay $1.50 in interest, then that's that's incredibly unfair and you can make a case there. Or you can have that escalated to a manager, uh, someone who is... Uh, no one has the power to make those changes, but also is maybe too busy to want to stick around on the phone with you too long, and they're going to they're gonna effectively pay you a couple bucks to get off the phone. Well, and the other thing, too, I realized after I finally I said, all right, well, that's fine. It's only $1.16, so I'll pay it. But then I thought, well, don't just not pay it, because you certainly don't want to get like a $30 or $40 late fee mm-hmm. for a balance of $1.16 when you yeah. can pay it. Yeah. Um, another thing that's interesting that we talk about just asking, I think years ago on um, This American Life, there was a story about a guy who everywhere he went, he asked for free stuff, shopping everywhere. Can you get me a discount? Can I get this for free or whatever? And his theory was it doesn't hurt to ask because they can always just say no. And it was interesting in the story how much he actually free stuff or discounted stuff he actually got. And there's a similar uh, case. A friend of mine told me that Sirius will give you a discount, but it's usually for a year on their, you know, that's the in-car satellite radio service. Mm -hmm. 
Well, he learned that at the end of the promotional period, they would bump up the price mm-hmm. to be sometimes three and four times. So he would he would quit his he would call up and say i'm ending my service he was immediately sent to the he's ending his service caller Mm -hmm. and then was able to get basically the same and this happened to me as well so you go there and you say well i was only paying six dollars a year for this can you help me out and eventually they go back and forth and they say yes we can get you that same rate Mm -hmm. when when you asked for it on the front end before saying i quit they wouldn't give it to you so that's be persistent and don't be afraid to ask for stuff because what hurts if they say no yeah absolutely and especially things like satellite radio with uh, an expensive TV package with uh, online subscription sites, magazines, newspapers, that sort of things. Things where they are constantly offering different promotional rates. You can, it's fairly easy to go to them and say, you're clearly able to offer this for $12 a month. Why are you charging me $30 a month? And maybe they're not going to give you that $12. Maybe there's some very strict rules there in place. They will have some sort of policies preventing everyone from getting that. But maybe there will be something for you. And that's certainly a case where it doesn't hurt to ask, especially on these recurring charges, these subscription charges, things like that. I wouldn't necessarily uh, go around demanding a discount or requesting a discount at a place like a local restaurant where I, I, I want to be <laughs> treated well and not <laughs> and not be known as that customer who always comes in and, and, and asks for a discount. So I would be careful about where I do it and, of course, keeping in mind that if you just go to your Walmart cashier and ask for half price on your detergent, like they have so little power to do that. Think about who has the power to do that and who it's reasonable to ask for. But yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask, Kevin. All righty. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your preferred podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. Our call screener today was Jermaine Flood. So for Ryder Tap, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.